Yeah. Yo, what's poppin'? It's your man, Dave Edwards. Welcome to another episode of the Father Market Protocol. It's your man, um, you know, as always, uh, you know, y'all can uh, follow me. But now y'all should know these things. I mean, follow me on all things I am Dean Edwards, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I am Dean Edwards, because that's who I am. It's been a while uh, since I've had a guest. They're still waiting for you to come back, but Bessie's blowing up doing his own thing. So, uh, so I had to fill in the blanks, man. Um, a lot of y'all know I'm, uh, I'm at sea right now, gigging, which is what we do. And let me tell y'all something. There's, there's something wonderful. I, I think I told y'all previously that I think the first time I got on uh, this, this ship uh, for Norwegian last, last May, uh, I think uh, Rodney Laney, my man from uh, from Jersey, when when I you get on this ship and you know you're gonna be here for a couple of weeks, so it can be traumatizing because especially going into a space where you're like, geez, I I know no one, and then when I saw Rodney, I was like, oh okay, good, that makes me feel a little better. This trip's a little different because I've now been on this ship probably three or four times, and so. I have a better understanding of the lay of the land, and I'm familiar with a lot of the uh, a lot of the both West Indian and Filipino uh, crew members that work the ship, and they're on for these long nine month contracts. So I have no nothing to complain about when when I'm only doing two or two weeks or four weeks. Uh, but when I got on this ship, a I saw my man uh, James Irvin Berry, who was hosting the first time I was on. He was on hosting. So that made me feel good. But then ran into my man, and once I saw him walking in, in the uh, in the dining room, the garden cafe, I was like, oh, I'm in a good space. I've known this dude close to 20 years, uh, you know, from when, when we all first started taking it back to Boston Comedy Club. <laughs> um, give it up. Much love, my man. Pete Corielli in the building. We in the building, man. Pete is good. It was, What's up, man? It's good to have you here. It's good to be here on this ship. <laughs> it's funny that you say that, though, because when I saw you and you go, Pete, and I'm like, I didn't know. I usually don't know right. any of the comics. So right. I was excited because I knew you. But then two seconds later, I go, dude, I don't hang out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so miserable on these goddamn cruises. And if one more person tells me about someone with a job on here worse than mine, right. I'm lucky I got it better. Right, that's right. Like, uh, that's like, you know, when you hang out with someone and they do that shit with it. Like, uh, like I was having, I was at a bakery with a buddy recently, uh-huh. and uh, he's visiting. And I go, God, man, we, I go to Baked Goods here. It's so good, but they only make like four or five things, and they never mix it up. And he goes... Well, if that's your biggest problem, you got no problems. And I was like, I didn't say it was my biggest problem. Right, I just thought right. it was a good one to tell with coffee. Right. So, you know, and it's the same sort of thing. Well, it could be worse. You could be working in the galley for $600 a month. Like, right. So, yeah, that's bad, too. Right. But as a comic, right. the fuck are we doing here? And, and that's the thing. That's, that's uh, because, listen, we, we, we know, listen, anyone's happy, especially in the realm of entertainment, we're all happy to have a gig. We're all happy to be working. But no one, uh, when they decide they want to be a comedian or an actor yeah. or a pianist, no one says, man, I can't wait to play a cruise ship, you know? Yeah. And so that's for, for, for the listeners that are out there, 
and you hear us, um, and we may sound ungrateful. It's not that we're ungrateful. We're happy that we're working, but we have stronger aspirations besides, you know, performing, uh, you know, for a couple of hundred people a night. You know, Pete, um, you just told me that you're, you're um, you, well, you just got the news about the sitcom. Now, Pete... Explain to the the, 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 the avid listeners, the, 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 the 300, 400 people that do tune in to the Father Mother Protocol every week, what the process is, because you just had a, a development situation or a script writing situation. Yeah, sitcom. So it's okay. a sitcom. In a nutshell, I went out to L.A. and, and I had a producer mm-hmm. who saw my stand-up and thought we could make a good sitcom. Okay. And then I had a guy, a writer, who would be a showrunner. Showrunner. Who put it together. Mm-hmm. A pitch about my life and living in New York City at the time. And you pitched it, you right. know, and we sold it to CBS, which means, okay, now we're going to give you money to, to make a script. Okay, okay. So all that money goes to the writer. Right. Because even though I'm writing it, even though it's my story and it's about my life, the only way you get these things on TV is if you have a really good writer. So have, someone with a resume. That has, a, has, has the pedigree and has written yes. shows before, has written successfully on shows before and gotten shows uh, on the air for yeah. a number of seasons. Yeah, even like with Louis C.K., when some people are like, well, what about Louis? Louis got to write his own thing. It's like, dude, people don't even understand. Louis, like, accomplished so much shit before he was right. even famous. Right. He was the head writer for Chris Rock's right, right, right. show on HBO. Right, yeah, you know? that one bunch of Ace Awards yeah. and Emmys. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the bottom line is, so they, you know, you got to give all that money to a showrunner or else he's not even going to do this with you. So he writes it. I thought it was good. But literally, while I'm in Miami waiting to get to come over to the boat after uh-huh. I landed, I, he calls and tells me that the sitcom isn't going any further. The showrunner called and told you? Yeah. On a Saturday? Yeah. Well, I called him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He called me on a Saturday. Yeah. Calls you on a Saturday. Oh, uh, have fun on your ship, by the way. He found out Friday, okay. but we, we missed each other. So okay, on a Saturday. okay. But, you know, and then as far as these boats go, we both got our chops out in New York City. Right, right, so, right. So the thing is this. In New York City, it's so the stand-up scene, which is the best in the world. It's the best. It just is. Yeah. But it's also really, uh, uh, what's the word I want to use? Um, I don't know. Um, snobby, I guess. Uh, well, New York is definitely, New York comics definitely are elitists mm-hmm. um but i the the beauty of that is i think it makes the comics stronger because i know just like you know you know like i said we we both you know built our chops in, in boston comedy club um the the world-renowned boston comedy club it's no more but the spirit is still there and a lot of great comics came through there from yourself and myself to to Dave Chappelle, Tony Woods, you know, everyone that that was the spot. Before the cellar was the spot. Yeah. Boston Comedy Club was was the spot. And I think the reason that club was so great was because every night, I mean, you would go there and you might not get on till 1.30 AM on a Tuesday night and have what, four five people in the audience, three were NYU students that heard Dave Chappelle was there the night before, so they came and are hanging out, yeah. hoping he shows up. And now you get to go and do your yeah. your your seven minutes. Yeah. You know, saying, "All right, you go ahead. I I got your spot, but it's the last spot of the night." 
And then Tony. And you have to make out. <laughs> See, I never yeah. got to make out. <laughs> she would stop making out with a guy just because another guy came in that you wanted to make. Right, this you want to make out. That could edit, pick all that out. I, I do adore her. She was. It was a everybody wild loves. Time. Everybody it was a wild loves. Time. Man, everybody loves. Uh, but you know the thing about Boston Comedy Club too, and all these clubs in New York City is, it's like you you also right away see how great the greatest are working at it's like when a pro athlete's son becomes a pro athlete Mm -hmm. because since the kid was two right he's been around and around how great you have to be and you see guys come from other cities that where they were really popular and then even chicago man and then they come to new york and a lot of them almost have to start all over yeah yeah you know from scratch yeah but you know aside from all that and the stand-up and seeing them being around them like i this is a funny story i thought of the other day about you brought up Boston Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. I was thinking when I when I ran into you about that place. So when I was about man, maybe like nine, ten months into comedy, uh-huh. about a year, right? When when did you start exactly? Uh, Do you remember like the day? ninety, like around ninety four. Okay. Right? Yeah, okay. and, and it's funny because once I started, I never stopped ever. Not even like a vacation, which like, is good. Yeah, you, you know, some guys go. I took three years off and came back. I never did any of that yeah, shit. No, that straight no. through. Once you do it, you're in it. But I, I try to remember the exact day I went on or any of that, and I really don't. Do you remember your first show? No, but I do remember my first jokes were about, uh, well, they were terrible. But I remember about five months in, I mean, um, about five weeks in, I was started to do OJ stuff. So it was right okay, around, so it was, okay. right around okay, when during I the trial. But anyway, so... Um, Okay, a long story short, I I uh, become a little friendly with Jim Brewer. Okay. <laughs> now we became that's a long time ago. Right, now Jim we're is a good very dude. close. But at the time I was just becoming friendly with him. He was already on Saturday Night Live. He was right. already kicking ass in right. the city club. And then of course you got Chappelle who was already making movies. Right. So I go to New York Comedy uh, Boston Comedy Club one night. Uh, it's a the Sunday night show, which is an early oh, the, show. Oh, the talent in them uh, had this show. Was it ta- was talent and Will? It was, I don't remember, no, Jason was working the door at the time. Steinberg? Yeah. Oh, okay. But it was a, it was an urban show, and I would just like, you know, like you said, you go down, and you hope maybe no one, people are late, right. and they, they got to throw you on for five minutes, right. but I didn't have a spot or anything, but when you weren't performing, you were hanging out there. You dedicated your whole life. And that, that's, you know, that's, that's what, because uh, cause I heard uh, Chris Rock say this, and, and I think I might have even uh, mentioned it in a previous episode. That Rock said, now I go to comedy clubs and the comics are at the bar or outside the club. When you were coming up, that was like the protocol was you watched everyone because you wanted to soak up as much. You just wanted to be around it. And and how Boston Comedy Club was set up, comics would usually sit way in that back. There were like three corners. (laughs) You would sit, when when you walked in, there was a corner, like you walked up two or three steps and there was a corner straight ahead of you. There was a corner way in the back. Yeah. Straight ahead, or you you made a quick left and just hung out uh, right against West Third Street. You yeah. know, but you you were in the dark just watching who whomever came Absolutely. through. Absolutely learning, learning. You know, I mean, like I remember the first time. You know, you see Chappelle and he was already the king, even right. though he was so young. Right. And then Tony Woods came in, right. and Brewer and Chappelle really wanted to go watch him, and I never even heard it. Right. Him. Right. So then I go and I watch Tony Woods, and I'm all I'm thinking. I said to Brewer afterwards, I go, dude. How come nobody gives Chappelle shit for doing Tony? Right, Wood? right, it's right. Unbelievable. Right, I, right. But nevertheless, so anyway, this particular night I get there and it's winter time. I, I take my coat off. I'm there before the show even starts. Put my coat down. I'm hanging out. Place starts filling up. And then Brewer shows up, mm-hmm. and uh, I wasn't expecting. Him. He's like, "Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up?" 
Paisley Dave is coming, and then Chappelle shows up, and they're obviously really good friends mm-hmm. at the time. So Brewer goes, hey, you want to come around the corner with us? We're going to smoke some pot. You no. know? Again, this is a fucking, like, almost 20 years ago. Right, right, right. So um, I go around the corner, and me and Dave Chappelle and Jim Brewer. Which is dope. You're a new comic. Yeah, You're yeah, hanging yeah. out with exactly. two guys that exactly. are killing the game. So I'm that's like, gotta be dope. fucking nervous. I'm not saying much. <laughs> and the ironic part about it was, this was around the time, if you know anything about the Saturday Night Live stuff, you know the story for sure. Where David Spade did that thing where yeah, Eddie Murphy, yeah, Paul yeah. And for 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 I might have mentioned this before, and it's funny. I was thinking of this because with the with the SNL 40 year anniversary, by the time this airs, actually, it the SNL 40th anniversary just came on yesterday, and I missed it. I'm sorry, but um, I was thinking about this the other day. I said, geez. This might be the first time David Spade and Eddie Murphy are in the same room. And that's got to be awkward because uh, the story is uh, around 94. So I think Vampire in Brooklyn had just come out. uh, And David Spade used to do the the Hollywood Minute. You know, very smarmy, snarky thing. And so they have a shot of Eddie Murphy's headshot from, I don't know if it's from Vampire in Brooklyn or just a standard headshot, maybe from Beverly Hills Cop. And he says, look, kids, a falling star, right? And I don't I don't even remember if it got laughs or groans. Oh, but Eddie Murphy, the, on the Monday, that happened Saturday night. So the Monday after it occurs, uh, you know, there's Chris Rock, Chris Farley, Spade, Sandler, Brewer, they're all there at the office, and one of the um, one of the uh, receptionists from SNL uh, is calling David and goes back to his office. Yeah, David, um, Eddie Murphy's calling you, and Spade's like, ah, no, I don't want to, I don't want to answer the phone. I'm not gonna take that call. So he, Murphy keeps well, he calling. Afraid. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Murph keeps calling, and then finally they come back and say. Yeah, um, David, Eddie, Eddie Murphy said um, if, if you don't uh, answer the phone, he's in Jersey, at, a, at probably at Bubble Hill, his mansion at the time. Um, he's in Jersey, he's going to come here and, 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 and kick your ass. So, so he's like, ah, oh, okay, all right, well, we'll put the call through. And the phone call, I guess, is, uh, they, they said, like, he's, he's sitting at his office waiting for the call, Farley, Sandler, all, all the cast members have like crowded around, sticking their heads in the office to see what's what's about to happen, and, and they just hear hear Spade side of the story, and he's like, "Hello, yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, no, I, no, I, 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 I know it, you're the reason that the show didn't get canceled, and if if you didn't save the show, I wouldn't have a job. Not, I, and I, yes, I know you can you can beat me up, yes." I'm sorry, you know, and so, yeah, yeah. so for those that don't know the story, that's that's the story. So the funny thing continue. right there is that you know you're calling him a fallen star, yet now he's calling and everyone's huddled around. Right, yeah, right, right. Bad. So, but that that's uh that's the power of Eddie. How do you feel about that? I I've always had, I've, I'm two sided on on that because I see both sides of it. I see Eddie's side to feel slighted because I'm like. Because in his mind, he's like, well, how, you know, how come y'all ain't, uh, why you didn't show Chevy Chase? Yeah. You know, why didn't you, why'd you go at me? You know, when, when, but then I'm like, okay, well, if, if you're on the show, does that mean that you're above 
the frame you shouldn't get attacked. How did you feel about uh when or like did you feel like Eddie should have uh, accepted or not? Uh nah, I don't think I would now I know to do that though to Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live, that would be like after Tom Brady retires and you're the next quarterback right. and you win a game on Sunday. Right. And like you're in the locker room and you go, fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is like, guy, guy, call it down, guy. Oh, no, what's he done lately? What's he, yeah, you know? Right, 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 right. Okay. The thing about Eddie Murphy that always kind of threw me, though, was he was the guy when I was a kid that I would watch. You know? that's, he's, that's, that's, that's our generation. Yeah. He, was, he was the dude, I think. For for most guys or most guys and probably women too around our age, um, Eddie was the one because because obviously Pryor is is Yoda, but Eddie was the one that made us say, you know, this guy's off like he wasn't off age with us, but it was a young cat that made it hip, yeah, that made it like cool. He made made stand up. Well, that's cool. the thing. Pryor was a little. A little bit before me. I mean, right. not his movies, but that's what I, I mean. I knew he did. Oh, we're done. No, no, no. We're going. I just want to make sure. I mean, I you know, prize movies. I love right. before, but his stand-up was a little, you know. But you know, it was I a, was a kid. He was talking about cocaine, right? Man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Eddie, we can all relate to. But then, right. being a comic and becoming a comedian, mm-hmm. you know, that was really fascinating because I'm like, God, no one brings up Eddie Murphy. And then the more I study comedy and learn about it, you realize, well, he. He really wasn't a comic as much as he was uh, a, a guy, an incredible performer who did these one-man plays, if you will, right? Okay, like, okay. like a, like a, like a Leguizamo or Leguizamo, Eric, okay, or, okay. or Eric Bogosian, right? Because okay. he wasn't even writing all this stuff. Man. Right, right, right. You know, that's interesting. And, and then, I've, never, I've never heard anybody put it that way, but that's interesting. And then, so, so you know, again, being a pure New York comic, again, right. another one was Dennis Leary. I love Dennis Leary. Then I got older. I still love Leary. I do, right. but then I saw No Joke for Cancer. When I was older. I'm like, oh, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. With these things as a kid, right. But Eddie Murphy's stuff always was unbelievable to me. But then what really kind of put it over the top? His, his Eddie Murphy's material to me was definitely more. It was, it, it was character awesome. driven. Yeah. It was a lot because he did a, a multitude of characters, and it's funny because uh, I'm reading this this new Richard Pryor book, uh, Furious Cool, and Pryor also um, he he embodied so many characters. I think he actually did even probably more characters, but I think what he was doing was more revolutionary, and I, in comparison to once Eddie did it. Pryor had already conquered yeah. that beast. And the same, like, you can go down the list of uh, comics that have, you know, Bill Cosby has numerous characters, but he also had set up punchline and, and, and sort of classic standard uh, bits and jokes, you know? Yeah, yeah Cosby was a comic. Right, Pryor right, right. was a comic. Right. And, like, Eddie Murphy was more, to me, this as I got older, so this mm. great performer. And then I saw an interview with him, and someone asked him about... You know, going back, going and back on the road, yeah, yeah. And he literally, he went like this, man. He looked at the guy and he's like, no, like, like right. it's the most absurd thing he ever heard. Right. Like, no, right. And the guy goes, never, no. Right. And Eddie goes, why would I do that? Right. I, I did that right. to get here. Okay. I'm not gonna go back. And that made me go, okay, so you're not really. Oh, um, dig it, comic. dig it. You're just oh, wow. an unbelievable performer. Wow. Uh, you know, Jim Carrey kind of falls under that too. But that's just me. I like my comics a little gritty, living the life, writing right, the right, jokes, right, sipping right. the coffee, right. trying to... Uh, <laughs> you know, they can be physical. I wish right. I was more physical. Right, but, right. you know, a comic is a guy that's like Chris Rock, you know? He's always going to come back and do comedy again. Right, a party that's the foundation. Goes, 
you know, after like five years or something, you go, oh boy, he's probably gonna come out with a really good right. Movie. Yeah, it's it's yeah. true. It's true. You know, if you haven't seen Rock out and about, you're like, okay, he's got it. You start looking yeah. around like, okay, anybody seen Chris? Because he's coming. And, um, so that's great. So the guy I think is my favorite comedian of all time, uh, I don't even really think is a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he unbelievable, Eddie? I, I, now, I, I, I think Eddie was a comic, just like I think uh, Jim Carrey. I always think of Jim Carrey's special where he had that colorful shirt. Yeah. And... I mean, they're, they are comics. They, 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 they yeah, yeah, jokes, yeah. Of course, but kind of but you you you, prefer, you like monologists. You like the pure... You like... Uh, it sounds like I should say, you you like uh, I, I, comics I, the, that are pure and 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 stay. The biggest thing, no. Style wise, you do what you want. Okay. You just write your own fucking shit. Right. Okay. I mean, okay. that's what I can't. Uh, you know, and that's just me. Like Kevin Hart, I know has a team of writers and stuff. Right. Right. Them out. But there's no way he could keep coming out with so much stuff without that kind of help. So I get that. Maybe if I was in that situation right. and someone's like, God, you come out with a new album next year, you're going to be at the Garden again. Right, I right, go, right. All right, give me the writers. Give me the writers. Right, 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 right. But I got this pure form of it. And, uh, you know, but who am I to say? I'm on a fucking boat right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you that's know, not lost on me. But you know, <laughs> that's that's funny that you, you bring that up because I just saw... Uh, saw an interview um, where one one particular comic, and I don't want to get into... Because, well, a particular comic um, well, calls Kevin out. Well, he, 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 he did an interview because he was about to, um, you know, uh, he's doing a gig, you know, at a, at a club in New York. So he's doing, making the media rounds. And he, uh, he, he, he pretty much... They they finally said you, Sway's like yo you're obviously talking about Kevin Hart and then he was like I ain't saying no names but then he go he goes all right all right all right so we obviously know he's talking about Kev and he um, he well he 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 he, he, was, he wasn't it's funny because a lot of people will say he was bashing Kev and I guess that's arguable but he was saying that he feels like Kev. Have, or not even just kept, but when comics have a, a, a team of writers, um, it's like a, a ball player using steroids. That was his 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 metaphor with it. And then he he went it, took it one step further because it was a hip hop program. He he said to uh, Sway the uh, the the main that the person who showed is he says to Sway he's like it's the equivalent like he says stand up is like a rapper freestyling. He's like. And you're spitting your hottest, your hottest bars, mm -hmm. and it'd be the having a team of writers would be the equivalent of someone saying, years later, you know, uh, Jada Kiss wrote this song for Biggie, and, and Sauce Money and Memphis Bleak wrote these songs for Jay Z. These dudes that you put on a pedestal and said they are the greatest, yeah, perform greatest rappers, but now. You hear they have writers, and it's it's suspect. And I had a conversation with James, the host. I asked what he, how he felt about it, and he was like, "You know what? If I'm in, it's it's not like when people were saying Mencia was was because Men, they Mencia was clearly lifting and stealing jokes and jacking people's material, whereas Kev's in a position to pay some of his friends." Yeah. Um, of course, he's not stealing material, and that's the thing. And he, I'm not defending him. He's he's 
that to me, I don't have a problem with with saying, you know what, here we we you got you guys are my friends. I'm in a position here. I want to pay you this money. I want when I go on stage, I want you all to like watch and give me a different. Tell me what I'm doing and your angle on what I'm doing. You know, you know yeah. what I mean. So the input because we all workshop. Excuse me, material. Um, I'm I'm like you. I prefer still the majority of the work being done by me. Um, because then someone uh, Sway posed the question. They said, "Well, you know, if 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 you're shooting ten movies in a year, it's hard to come up with your own material." I said, "Well, Louis directs, edits, writes, stars in." His own sick, his own award-winning yeah. uh, sitcom. So it is possible to to come up with the material. Um, but now you get into a whole other thing. right, right, right. Because right. the thing with Louis is that you know once these guys get these followings that mm-hmm. and they can put out hour after hour and right. they put them out. With all due respect, they're not tight and unbelievable hours after right, a while. Right, right, right. There's such a forgiveness factor when you become very That's famous. That's an interesting point. That's an interesting um, point. You know, it's almost like some of the stuff I'm hearing, I'm like, that would be, if I did that, that would be a premise. It's not right, done. It's not right, finished. But right. you so, but the, I, there's no bitterness with any of this. But no, I, I, I know I, what you eat. I'm just saying on my hand. But yeah. the thing with Kevin Hart and that, not writing your own stuff, that's just another way of doing it. I, right. I just particularly don't do it that right, way. Right, right, right. But I know a lot, of, this is a wild story about how, how, a lot of guys do that. Like, even... I live in a small town in upstate New York. I'll right. make the story quick, but it's so interesting. Yeah, no worries. So when I first moved there, and my wife is from there, so I go back through the years before I even moved there. Mm-hmm. And as my career grew, i go to the bar or something, and someone would go, oh, you know Dom Syracuse? you got to meet Dom Syracuse. And I'm like, no, who is this guy? <laughs> and like, he writes for the, Jay, for the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Okay, he writes okay. for it. He lives in my town where I live, upstate New York. But he sends... And he's on salary. Oh, wow. And he writes for Jay Leno. I go, you mean like he gets $100 a goddamn he, joke? He faxes and, jokes, And he goes, too? no, he's on salary, and he writes the monologue jokes. Oh, wow. Not, okay. you know, not the whole thing, but... Mm-hmm. So then as I started to be on TV more, and then like I did an hour special, then I go to the bar, and they go, Dom Syracuse wants to meet you. And I'm oh, like, well, this is cool. But it sounds yeah, funny, because Dom, Dom is almost like Don's, like, like the Don. Yeah, yeah, because you know? Dominic, but they call him Don. Right. And at first it was, you got to meet him, and now it's like, Dom wants to meet you. Dom, Dom wants to meet you. <laughs> so, long story short, I finally, I'm, uh, that's another story, but I had this reality show with the film, this pilot with Ryan Seacrest in my town. Oh, really? Oh, God, man, my whole family <laughs> and stuff. And they had me do comedy at this local Polish club, the idea being, where does Pete work out when he's in town? Uh, you know, which I don't right. work out there. Right. But so then we go, we have this idea, let's get Dom Syracuse to open for you, right? Ugh. So I finally meet the guy. Ugh. And uh, first of all, his jokes were pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, like, if he was on at the comedy cellar, you'd go, these jokes are good. But he's right. old and stuff. Right. But he comes off, and me and him start talking. I meet him. And, I, and I'm like, what's the deal? And he's like, okay. Years ago, he lived in a small town. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I loved comedy and stuff, and I would write bits and stuff right. like this. We're talking like 70s. Right. And he goes, I was in college, and I'd write bits and stuff. And he goes, and David Brenner came to play the college. Oh, wow. wow. So uh, he goes, I was on the student body where I got to meet him before right. the show. Working and, student activities. And, then, right. and I knew I get to meet him. And I told him I'm a big fan of him in comedy, and I write some stuff. And he's like, uh, you know, if I brought it to you, would you take a look? And Brennan was like, yeah, mail it to me and stuff. I'll take a look. He okay. goes, so I went home that night, and I gathered all the stuff I had, and I brought it to his hotel. Right. And, uh, you know, left it at the hotel. Didn't think anything of it. And he goes, about a week and a half later, I get a call from David Brennan going, I took a look at your stuff, man. Uh, and I go, and I'm like, wow, really? He goes, yeah. 
watch the Tonight Show tomorrow. I'm doing three jokes. Oh! And uh, I go, were you like, what the <laughs> fuck? And he goes, no, I was so excited. Because you're And kidding. I'm like, what the fuck, David? What's going on? Right. That's like unheard of to me to just take someone's joke. Right. Like, so he does the jokes. They go over well. He asks the guy to write more jokes. He uh, writes more jokes. He ends up writing for David Brenner whenever he would host the Tonight Show. Uh, then when Leno got it, somehow Leno knew knew of this guy and stuff and said, send me some stuff. And then Leno, <laughs> said, Leno said, I want you to write for me. And the guy goes, I don't want to live in L.A. And Leno's like, I'll put you on salary. You can stay in your little town. Dude. And he wrote for 30 years for Leno. Every morning he wakes up, he just goes to the coffee shop. So I go, so what are you doing now? And he goes, I still write for Leno. I go, what do you mean? He goes, oh, you know, he does all these big casino gigs and stuff. He goes, I write all a bunch of his jokes and stuff. So he, so dude is dude has to be doing well financially it, up there. For up there, yeah. I mean, you I don't think I mean? he's ma- I mean, if he's making, uh, you know, 100 grand a year up, up where I live, that's like ma- yeah. making 400 grand. Right, yeah. right. But the thing is... Um, that's a that's, nice But that's case. all these guys write. Like, Leno's idea of writing is getting on a corporate plane to fly to a gig and going over all the jokes from five right. or six dudes he's right. got on salary, right. you know? Right. I can't do it that way. I can't, right. I can't sell it. But right. when you get to be at a point like Kevin Hart, if you want to keep doing these people worship you. They know every joke you did. Right. The next time you come up, you got to have a new joke. And right. you can't, right. you can't right. keep up. So right. you got to do that, man. Yeah, yeah, I guess I... I, I uh, I have no problem with 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 cats doing it, but I prefer. I know for me, I prefer um, creating. I just you know I have my own voice, and, oh, yeah. and so I. I um, and it's funny because I've always found it easier to write for my friends than it is for them to write for me, I, and that's be, I guess also because of my mimicry. Yeah. Because I'm able to mimic people, I can mimic people's voices. Yeah, and, yeah. And so I can I could go. And do ten minutes of material in Tracy Morgan's voice because Tracy is very, to me, is very free um, and free association with what he says on stage, you know. Yeah. And he's more about painting a picture, whereas uh, you know Todd Todd Lynn was a little more meticulous with with his verbiage and 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 uh, you know the words he used. Todd was more a writer's uh, write a comedian a comics comic that. Paid attention and wrote, you know, his his material out. Um, but it's, it's it's interesting. What what was what was funny to me, watching this interview. At the end of the interview, um, the comic was like, "Yo, did y'all plug my dates?" And and because the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, "Yeah, but why? Why? Who cares? Why are y'all talking about it?" So twenty minutes had passed, and you almost forgot to plug your dates. He, I think he, they were like, "No, we we plugged them earlier." But I'm like, "Yeah, but you spent all this time talking about somebody that's already killing the game, which shows he's so popular that you spent more time on him than you." Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I have no problem with the person that I'm. I'm not saying their name because I don't want any beef. I, I'm sure people at this point know who it is or have heard about it. But I'm I'm not offering it. That's a problem with podcasts too. Yeah, I don't. Live radio, you miss it, you miss it. Now they can go, yo, go to episode fifty-seven of the show. You know what? I'm I'm not getting getting because listen, I got no beef with anybody. But if if anybody has beef with me, um, the beef between us, we could settle it. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) You know, um, but yeah, it's it's it's. it's, Let me tell you that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm hanging out with Brewer and Chappelle, right? 
Around that street corner, we're smoking pot. Hold up, time out. See, so it's not, y'all see, it's not just me that goes on tangents. So go ahead. It is you. I'm getting it back. <laughs> go ahead. So, we're sitting there, we're smoking pot, and ironically enough, at that time, Chappelle was filming Nutty Professor. Oh, okay. And Brewer nice. was on Saturday Night Live, so you would get Chappelle's version because he was right there when Eddie was pissed off and right, tried to make right. on set. And Brewer was right next to the space. Right, right. So and I'm like, wow, this is like so inside. And I didn't smoke a lot of pot back then or anything, so I'm like really high. Right. And then we all walk back to the club, fucking packed. It's Sunday right? night. Sunday night at Boston used to be awesome. Yeah. And the MCs get ready to go on, and they're like, who's going to go first? So Jason, who runs it, goes up to Chappelle and Brew and goes, one of you guys want to go first? And they're both like, nah, I don't want to go on yet. I want to chill out for a little right. while. They were really high, you know? Right. So, uh, they, so Chappelle goes, put Petey on. <laughs> so Jason goes, you know, uh, Chappelle's the king, right? So he goes, all right, Pete, you're going on. You're going to do five minutes now. I'm so Did you and Jason know each other? Yeah, yeah. Point? Okay. But I'm so high, and I'm not good. I'm, I'm no. fucking terrible, man. I'm like a year in, practically. <laughs> all black crowd. I was going to say, are you, that, did <laughs> that add that, a layer of... Uh, well, no, because I work in New York Comedy Club, right, okay. sweeping, so okay. I, it's the city, man. I know the right, urban crowd, right. but I hope what I know, though, is they're unforgiving if you if right. you're fucking... So I'm up there and I'm I'm dying. I'm eating it. You know, they, you know he's corny, you're corny, this, yeah. that, the other thing, you know, but it's only five minutes and it's just absolutely awful. Bombing, <laughs> right? And I finally I get off and I'm just mortified and I just want to get out of there, right? So now I'm going to leave and uh show continues on, right? And Brew and Chappelle were kinda of laughing. Well it was funny. I was a Comics love watching each other uh, comics that's catch how you get better. That's how you get Bro, better. Over yeah. here, pat me on the back. Right. Welcome to the fucking right. big leagues, guys. Right. It's not gonna be the first time you bomb. Right. But now I want to leave. I can't find my fucking coat. And my, <laughs> and my keys are in there. And, and it's winter time. And I'm so embarrassed and I'm stoned. And I'm, and I'm going up to tables like where I think it might be. And I'm like trying to look under their chair. And While people, people are sitting yeah, there. And they're like, what's you doing? And all the black ones are like, what's you doing? What's you doing? Right. Yeah, and I'm like, no, my coat. She's like, this ain't your coat. This ain't your coat. Get out of here. Who's that? Oh, it's a comedian walking around. I can't find And then the MC is up there. And he's a flamboyant black guy. Right. And he's going, I can't remember who it was. He goes, what's going on back there? What's going on back there? And someone yells out, yo, white boy can't find his coat. He can't find his coat. And you go, and they go, motherfucker, can't find this guy. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I would just leave, but my keys oh, are in there and everything. Shoot. So then they go, turn the motherfucker, turn lights on. So they turn the lights on, and I'm walking all around. They're like, I got you, go, go, let him go out in the cold. Go out in the cold, motherfucker. And finally, somebody goes, this your coat? Oh, I go, yes. And I go over, I grab my coat, and everyone gives me a huge applause. Like, I just could break it. Like, and you hear him go, stay warm. Oh, that's hilarious, oh, son. Fucking embarrassing. Oh, man. That's oh. such a... Oh, wow. That's... And then you go home and you come back the next day, man. And, oh. and, and, and everybody's talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though you, you caught an L at, on the set, you oh. redeemed it oh. because you had a moment. You know what no, I mean? No, that was awful. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> so embarrassing, man. <laughs> My face hurts because cause I know that like anyone that's ever been to like... Because most... most uh, Not even that... Every city that has a comedy club will have their urban night. And at the time you're talking, this this is probably like 94, 95. And so Boston Comedy Club had become the the, the premier urban showcase uh, that any mainstream comedy club had in New York City at the time. This is before Caroline's was doing... Because Caroline's at one point started doing uh, Hot 97's Tuesday Night uh, 
comedy at I think Dr. Dre and Ed Lover uh, hosted. But yeah, I, like what was funny about doing Boston on Sunday night was you would go there and you might not have a you 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 might not have a spot. You'd hope to get a spot. And I remember guys would go down there that weren't on the show and were like, nah, I don't want to go on. But then once it got packed, because you always had the finest females would come out, because it was like an event show. Yeah. Because any black comics that uh, were in town, like if Def Comedy Jam happened to be taping uh, that week or in weeks coming up, people would come through there. Like Bob Sumner would have people go through... uh, the Peppermint Lounge out in Jersey, um, and then they'd stay in town and go do Boston Comedy Club on Sunday night. And so the the finest of the fine out, and dudes would would dudes that would say early in the evening, nah, nah, I don't want to go on. Would then go up to Talent and Will, like, yo, can I get five minutes? Because they wanted to get the victory lap. Yeah. Uh, so that after the show. Females they would 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 approach them instead of them having to approach females, and then on top of that, they had a uh, what was the name of the spot downstairs? The the bag it in? Yeah, yeah. The bag it in. They had a little. Um, they had like a bar downstairs that sometimes would have live music, and for for the upstairs show it was cool because after people let out upstairs. People would usually go downstairs and hang out yeah. or hang out on, on West Third just kicking it. So it was, uh, yeah, man, that was a that was a dope club. I, I used to drink so much back then. Oh yeah, and stuff. yeah. I was with my wife already, but just dating. Right, 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 right. And Ben Bailey, if anyone ben that I know, Bailey. Cash Cab, Cash Cab host. He used to be a big drinker. He doesn't drink anymore. Right. Both of us though, just beer. That's all we drank. Uh, so after the Boston Comedy Club, we would drink at the Bag It In, and then that would close at four in the morning. And right. Sometimes we'd get a six pack uh, at, the, at the bodega. <laughs> on the corner, up, right? Yeah. On the corner. And one time, one time we're drinking beers, and he Sullivan. lived right over there. Oh, did he? I didn't yeah. Know. And uh, it was at the time he was married to his first wife, and it's like it's got to be like goddamn six thirty in the morning. And I didn't live with my wife yet; we were just dating. Right. So six thirty in the morning, and we're still drinking beer. <laughs> and his wife comes walking through the park, <laughs> walking the dog. Oh. Which is what he's supposed to be doing. She oh. had to get up early to walk the dog, and she's walking the dog right. And there we are drinking beer in the park. Oh, oh wow! Oh, wow. But the, man, I remember just hanging out. And that's a, now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, we used to. I never got home at a reasonable hour on Sunday night, especially. I would, but actually, any night you would. Um, yeah, no, any night. Exactly. You would really just hang out at Boston because that's what you did. And I, did you have a day job at the time? Yeah, well, first four or five years of my career, I worked front desk at a hotel. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I telemarketed. I used to. Um, I telemarketed. I at one point I lived in the Bronx, and uh, I would. I would commute to Brooklyn, so I would have to leave leave the Bronx to catch the six train to one twenty fifth, transfer to the four or the five, catch that to downtown Brooklyn, make it to work 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 from nine because I was staying with um uh, with uh like close friend pretty much my 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 uh, brother and sister from another mother you know I'm staying with their family or staying at her crib so I I wanted to stay I didn't want to be in their house yeah. So I so I try and just stay under the radar. So I would I would go to work 
That's exhausting. Nine to, nine to six. Nine to five, sometimes work an extra hour till six. And then just go stomp the pavements, hitting different comedy clubs, and usually get home. Like, weeknights, I would get home probably anywhere between 12 a.m. and yeah. 2.30, you know. Uh, then once I moved to, to Brooklyn... Then I was like, I'm, I'm just, I'm out all night, you know. And you would, and it's funny because you would find like newer, new comics, and that's always like the, the, that's, that's like protocol. You just wind up meeting other people that look yeah. nervous and don't know what the hell they're doing, and you're like, you're new yeah. too. We're hanging out, you know. It's so wild how then the years go by and like some of these people become huge stars, right, 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 huge stars, right. and you're friends with them from right. from the beginning, and it's. And it's weird because, you know, it changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot More often than not, it changes. And right. it changes because they, they walk into the club and there's just an aura about them. And so many times, it's just that they had some lucky break right. that you didn't get. Right. So why do they get treated like this? And then some of them mm-hmm. buy into it. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and, a lot of people sniff their own piss. Yeah, you know, and then, so sometimes someone will make it, and you're like, it's so ridiculous that that guy's not coming up to say hello to me. If he right. wasn't famous, yeah, he'd yeah. fucking come well, right that, that's But then there's the other thing, too, where that guy's probably going, geez, there's a little bit of guilt. I'm so rich and famous now, and maybe you're not, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe, but, you know, let me feel awkward, man. Right. Let me feel right, awkward. Right, Come right. up to me and say hello to me. I'm your right. friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. That's there's there's nothing worse than uh, and we we've all uh we've all experienced it and we've all seen, um, cause going back to Boston, I'll never forget. It was it's funny too because um, I want to say it was summer '96. I remember uh, I remember we were at Boston. It's a Sunday night, and so. Uh, who was it? I I saw because Royale Watkins Royale shout out to Royale Royale had just it they had been promoting his new TV show he had just been in Speed Two yeah. and he got a TV sh- a sitcom uh, with like Paul Winfield I remember and I forgot who else it was an NBC show and because they promoted it during the the Olympics yo you you always saw his face you were like yo Royale's about to boy so Royale's um, chilling in, in Boston Comedy Club, and then Tracy Morgan had uh, just probably finished like his first season on SNL. So then Tracy walks in, and I see him walk up to Royale, and they're like, "Yo!" And there's just like a lot of love, like, "Yo, we made it!" Right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Nutty Professor's out, so Chappelle walks in, and he's like, "Yo, what's up?" And so now Royale and and, and Chappelle. And Tracy like, oh, we, we made it. And then uh, there was one more person. Did uh, Was it Mike Gibbs? There was one more black comic that came in on some excitement. And I was like, and I remember, I, I'm not an envious dude, but I remember saying, that 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 looks like it feels good. You know? yeah. It looks like it feels good to watch, uh, to be of that number yeah. of cats that are doing well yeah. in don't need this yeah. spot on us. They come through because they want to. Yeah. And because you like getting that yeah. victory lap. It's funny because I was doing uh, Audie Lang's show right before it stopped doing his radio show. Okay. And, and he's been playing the cellar. We're talking about playing at the comedy cellar now in New York City. Right, right. And he goes something about 
Because you're, you, we're good friends, me and Artie. So okay. Like, a lot of people hang out with you, Pete, and you hang out. And I go, no, Artie. You know who hangs out? I go, all the guys that made it. They all come in, all the rich <laughs> fucking guys, and they all chit-chat, and they all have a good time. I go, because they they're, they're, they also know the guy they're talking about isn't at some point going to turn around and go, I got to go on a Norwegian cruise <laughs> next week. You know, it's just all happy fun. Right, 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 and, right. And like, I go, uh... I remember one time I was smoking a cigarette outside the comedy cell with Robert Kelly, uh, and there's the road that the comedy cell's on is McDougal, McDougal Street. Street. It's, it's, other than Broadway, this is like the busiest goddamn the busiest road in Manhattan. Not so much yeah. for cars, traffic, foot traffic. It's the it's in Greenwich yeah. Village. And most yeah, it's, it's the hard. It's the like like Broadway is for is for tourists. McDougal Street is for people that want to party. Yeah, and you're seeing some of every element. That yeah. the city has to offer. Exactly. And and, and to, to park your car on McDougal Street is the equivalent of just stopping on I-95 right. and taking the keys out. Right. You can't park right. on McDougal. Unless, you're, unless, like, you're Tracy Morgan in the Lambo. Well, that's what I'm saying. Or, like, uh, Seinfeld would have to pull up in, a, in his car right. and have someone watch it. So one night, Chris Rock pulls up in a Porsche yeah. right in front of the club Comedy and goes yeah. in, right? Which is like, you can't pull up in a Porsche and right. park there. You can't. So a, co- a cop gives him a, a parking ticket, and somebody goes, uh, a waitress or something is serving someone outside, and she goes, oh, someone should go tell Chris he's getting a parking ticket. So I guess somebody did, right? So Chris Rock comes running upstairs, and as he comes upstairs, it's just at the time when a cop had put it on, the cop's walking away. So Chris walks up, and he goes, oh, and he grabs the ticket, and he goes, damn! And he looks over at me and Bobby, who were just smoking butt sitting there, and he goes, you could have said something. <laughs> and I'm like... I'm gonna put out my fucking cigarette, run downstairs right. to tell you you get your ticket for your point. You're out of your mind. Right. I know you're like pay pay the twenty five dollars. Yeah. It's just a different world, Chrissy. man. Yeah, but, I, yeah. but as soon as he said it, you could tell like no sooner were the words out of his mouth, but we kind of you could tell like he realized He's what the fuck like, am I saying? Right, right. But that's what I'm saying though. To be at that level where you just like pull up in front of the club and go, I'm gonna park right here. Or, or Louis C.K. does a joke on stage about leaving the car rental right at the gate of the airport and he goes you can just leave it there you'd be surprised they end up taking it and he says it's a really funny bit where he says I pull up and I, I'm like running late and I tell the guy I left the car at the gate and the guy's like you can't leave it there and Louis's <laughs> like I had to but I'm sitting there going cause you're Louis C.K. right if right. Pete Corielli left the car in, I'd get jacked five grand for a fucking towing fee and I would never be allowed to rent from Enterprise again did they forget that Right. I was sitting. I was in this strip right. once with Chappelle, uh-huh. and he's sitting with his butt, his ass on the bar, and his feet on a stool, and he's smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, "Hey, Dave, how you been?" We're the only two really kind of there. Right. It's a weeknight, and everyone else is pretty much in the showroom. Right. And he goes, "I'm tired, man. I'm tired. It's you know, it's a lot of pressure, or something like that, hard or something like that." And I look at him, and, I, and like you're smoking indoors. You're smoking. And you're sitting on the You're bar. smoking indoors, and your feet are on a so I go, stool. I look at him. I go, "Well," because I take my cigarette, and I'm about to go outside to smoke it, and I look at him with his lit, and I go, "Well, it does have its perks." <laughs> and again, he kind of goes, "Yeah, yeah." He goes, yeah, "I guess man, you're right." I like guess. they forget, man. Yeah, that and that's and to me, that's the. I don't know. I. We're 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 not in the position because I always wondered to myself. I'm like, will will I ever? You will. Even, I. But you know what? I always I don't I don't think I will. I th- I think 
I think I'm grounded enough. Oh no, I'm saying you will be a monster star, but you will right. always be grounded. Yeah, the way you are. It's, it's not, and I, you don't smoke. Right. So, yeah, well, and I don't yeah, smoke. Yeah, so yeah. I know but, it's not our nature to be right. Right. I, sometimes you hear these stories about oh, we had so and so comedian. They tell you what the person did, and you're almost like, how could? I don't even. How like wait, they, they just whipped whipped it out and yeah. stuck it in the person's drink, uh, and the person was like, "Oh, you're silly." Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I don't feel comfortable. I'm all. You know what I always think of? I'm always like, if my mother heard this. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I and could my never mother be Richard Pryor. Out. Even if I could be Richard Pryor, yeah. I couldn't because there's certain things I could never talk about. My parents... I flew to Beirut, Lebanon with weed, man. Did uh, you? Yeah, I can't bring that on stage. My parents, after that Wait, show... How'd you have it in your wallet? Oh, it's a whole thing. Because there's a, there's a, a comic... Story, man. There's a comic that uh, I remember Harris and I, Harris Stanton and I, we were doing a college somewhere in Pennsylvania. And uh, who was it? Maybe Brian Posey? Um, he he and ha- he's like he's like he's like we finished the show and he's like you guys smoke and I was like nah I don't but Harris was like yeah man I do he was like he's like damn man you just got the town where'd you get it he was like get it I, I brought it with me and Harris is, Harris is befuddled I'm amazed I'm like wait you you flew with weed we were like where because they have the dogs he was like and he just kind of looks around and there's no one outside we're standing outside the 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 theater he looks around he's like. And he just pats his pocket. He's like, in my wallet. And I think since then, Harris has flown with weed in his uh, wallet. Because yeah. it's, so, it's so audacious that no one would think, yeah, well, it's yeah. going to be in your wallet. Yeah. You know? Well, I think, too, it's amazing, though, like, with everything going on now and travel, I, I think, like, they, like, don't really have time for a little amount right. of weed. Right, 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 right. And then you got the fact that half the place you're flying to where you land is legal, legal to so. smoke weed anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. man. Yeah. Hey, so listen, go ahead. Pete, thank you. You have Dude, anything coming up? Me, you have anything Always coming up that you want to Sweetheart of a guy. As, as y'all can hear, we actually are backstage at the headline of the comedy club on Norwegian Getaway. Pete's about to go get his head right. All, all love, man. Yeah, you, brother. Me, bro. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that I'm the man. It was, I, it was awesome. I, and, and we're gonna do a crossover episode. So y'all, y'all make sure. What's the name of your podcast? The Pete and Sebastian Show. The Pete and Sebastian Show. I think I told y'all the story when uh, Sebastian Maniscalco and I. Yeah, he told that once on our podcast. Yeah. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, and we, I remember that was you because I remember he goes. He's saying, and the other comic, Dean, and he knows I knew you, but right. you listen to that mind that know he goes, he had on those <laughs> foot things the with the five. fingers. <laughs> I had the five finger Vibram, Vibram uh, uh, shoes sneakers on, and, and we, we're going to uh, watch Berlusconi um, speak in, in Saudi Arabia. My God. So y'all make sure you um, go to Pete's podcast um, and check out, because I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to record his like tomorrow or the next day. Uh, and and we have next week's uh, special guest, James. Give him a quick shout out. I got my man, Teddy Bear Comedy, James Irvin oh Berry. Say say what's up, right oh quick, God. James. What's going on, Chief? Yeah, man. Uh, James, is a, how how many weeks have you been on this ship? Uh, so far, I've been on for I think this is my fifth week. This is his fifth week, and he has one more week after this, right? Yeah. James goes hard in the paint, man. So y'all <laughs> y'all keep an eye. Right, what's your social media? Uh, James Urban Berry, E R V I N B E R R Y. James Urban Berry on um, I'm on Twitter. Okay, James on Urban Twitter. Berry. Twitter. You have an Instagram. Uh, Instagram is Teddy Bear of Comedy. Okay. And Facebook is Teddy Bear of Comedy. Boom. So there you go. And uh, 
Pete, I actually, you know what? I didn't. I should have asked what's his uh, what's his social media. But I'll I'll, I'll put all those uh, things up in uh, in the podcast description. So y'all make sure y'all go ahead and uh, follow Pete, man. Funny dude, and uh, man, I just it was awesome just going down memory lane with him, man. I just like I I just had a big smile. Um, and, and y'all have to understand, for me, these that doing this with you, James, uh, you know, for next week and doing it with Pete, it helps the time go quicker because people don't realize, man, it's hard being on this ship because cabin fever can set in. Like Correct. we yes. we do a lot to keep ourselves busy. Yeah. You know, as far as writing and, and going to the gym and uh, and just, you know, f- fellowshipping and right. kicking it with each other. So I, I appreciate um, both Pete a- as well as uh, James, you know, um, having them on the ship to, to help me not lose my mind, right. <laughs> you right. know, because, um, you know, you can only uh, eat the same um, scrambled eggs right. so many days in a row. <laughs> Right. Before you start saying, damn, they ain't got, they, they ain't got something, something different. Y'all got some beef sausage? You know. Right. Uh, so, yo, as always, man, follow me at IMDMedwards. Um, you know, make sure y'all, y'all uh, you know, support all things comedy. If you like the podcast or even if you don't, make sure you subscribe. Anyone who's your first time listening, I appreciate you. Welcome to the uh, Fuller Muckin' Protocol family. Um, you are now fam, as everyone knows, and shout out to all our listeners that continue to support. Um, yo, and we'll, we'll catch y'all next week. I'll, I'll, still, I'll still be on this shit. And uh, y'all let me know what you thought of uh, you know, the, the, the podcast in, in, in the comments. And I want to hear from anybody that uh, saw, saw the uh, SNL 40th anniversary. Let me know what you think. And, and 